Hi, Nazmul. It is Outsource to Profits, and we have a really interesting episode because we want to talk from the founder's perspective and from the marketer and the project manager's perspective. The critical nature of having a project manager inside your go-to-market strategy, whether that's uh, you're looking at marketing support or sales support. So, Nazmul, maybe you want to highlight the question that you want to ask and I'll take it from the founder's perspective, and you take it from the marketing leader and the project manager's perspective. Yeah, and, and the reason we've been talking about it because we can see a lot of people want different kind of people to execute stuff, but in my opinion, the founder will end up spending a lot more time if, if the founder wants to speak with these individual people. For example, maybe, uh, the founder wants a team of five or six. Uh, the entire team can be offshore. But then it, the, the whole reason of offshoring can be two, right? One, just outsourcing the whole thing and two, uh, saving the cost, right? But we end up thinking about saving the cost so much that we think, hey, uh, maybe these executives or junior um, uh, people who just execute things are okay with me. I don't want to hire somebody who would probably it's, you know, would probably uh, make me spend as much as the entire team. What I have seen over and over again is that's when founders is, founders end up spending a lot more time, which they should just buy back, right? So let's talk about it. What do you think founders should con consider when they're hiring a team? And why should they think about a project manager? And maybe you can also talk about when they maybe they just don't need the project manager. That's a great point. And in fact, you touched on something that I think maybe even I'm guilty of as we help highlight and educate fellow founders and CEOs, the importance of offshoring is what was the stemming reason that I did it was I needed to improve profitability and gross margins. So I started to look at offshoring through the lens of zero-based budgeting, through the lens of improving more yields per employee or operational leverage. So what happens is I then go down a rabbit hole and I become fixated on that concept. And so I start looking at headcount and I say, well, that person costs me $60,000 a year, but that equivalent offshoring cost me 15. Fantastic. Saved $45,000 of real profits. And the opportunity cost of that at a multiple of EBITDA equals the lack of sales that I need to generate to churn the same profit. So my mind goes down a deep rabbit hole of financial analysis around hard and soft costs of money. But you made a great point. There is one that we always forget to calculate. It's called opportunity cost. Every moment that I am not focused and for myself, I'm typically a rainmaker in a, in a professional services firm and a tech-enabled services firm. You typically have two different types of owners. You have the rainmaker and you have the IP delivery expert. They're great with customers. They invent new products. They invent new service offerings. They are the intellectual property of the business. Sometimes you get both. Maybe you could say that I am both. So every moment that I am not rainmaking or creating net new IP or polishing the IP that, that 
I have already created is actually worth exponentially less than those two functions. Like, you know, I always talk about there's $5 an hour tasks and $500 an hour value creation. The $500 an hour value creation is when I am winning a deal or servicing a customer to the point of upselling them, or I'm inventing new courseware. But when it comes to day-to-day -day operations, that's not nearly as valuable to the business's growth. So what Nazmul is basically highlighting is that us as founders become fixated on saving the money that we can see in our bank accounts. But we forget that somebody is going to have to transfer the knowledge from me to that marketing team or me to that sales team. And if I am the conduit and also the bottleneck to which I have to do a Zoom call every morning, as an example, and I have to document standard operating procedures, and then I have to verify, and I, you know, as an example, I have to verify web copy and I have to verify all these details. I am stealing from the two biggest drivers of the business. I am stealing from rainmaking and I'm stealing from IT, IP creation. So um, that and now we'll get into the Nazmul's question is when should you use project management and when shouldn't you? I get why you wouldn't use project management maybe at first if you are inventing the standard operating procedures up front. Although again, it can be argued both ways. So I'm gonna let Nazmul kind of volley back these ideas with me. But if I think logically, in Get Leverage as an example, we are inventing as we're going along. This is a new business venture that is growing organically. So every day we encounter a new process or a new hurdle that we need to develop a standard operating procedure for. If I had a project manager that could literally, that has done this before, they could develop the standard operating procedure for the role for me because they actually know what it takes to do that particular task or role or project or initiative. Otherwise, I'm going to actually have to sit back, document it for the first time, and then a project manager could run that playbook going forward. So I'm, maybe I'm arguing against myself, but if I think about it, at first, I'm still at the process within Get Leverage of developing the standard operating procedures and then want to get in a place where I put a project manager in place that runs that playbook and the team associated with it going forward. Whereas my company at Pipeline Signals, which is two years old, for the most part, all the roles and responsibilities are already in place. Now there's polishing of existing standard operating procedures, but there isn't anything net new really being created. That in that instance, there should be a project manager in place for each one of those particular roles. And then they're hiring the step functions, the experts, the subject matter experts for SEO marketing, paid marketing, videography, email campaigns, and so forth when it comes to a marketing team. That's my first take on it. And I'll throw one more idea at you. The other reason for project management comes around communication. And there's different forms of communication. And the three forms, and, and this is something that I actually wanted to, to alter when we help our customers be able to place roles offshore or to identify talent offshore. 
you have from the most basic level of communication, think of it as the written or one-way communication. So I might have a WhatsApp message or an email. Here is the, the, the task. Here's how I'd like you to do it. Maybe there's some screenshots. Maybe there's a video. One-way communication from me to the offshore teammate. Don't know that you need project management, but when it comes further down to more important types of project, uh, more, more important types of communication, where now they're going to have customer-facing roles, where there's two forms of customer-facing. One, they sit on calls as a subject matter expert to answer questions. That's kind of like level two, and then level three is they are running calls with customers. You're going to need somebody in place that can absolutely communicate to that level of required communication for that particular role. So as an example, myself here in North America, if I have a team of level one teammates offshore who are excellent at their particular job task function, but I can't seem, I seem to spend all my time describing the bigger picture the overarching strategy, how it all comes together. And because of communication barriers, they can't put all the puzzle pieces together because English is a second language. But if it was spoken in their native language or maybe there was more face-to-face -face communication, the whole puzzle pieces would come together, then project management becomes vitally important. So these are some of my takes. That's more, I wanna throw it to you and then let's bat around this idea. You covered everything, Jamie. You literally covered everything. One thing I just want to expand on is the project managers, they go through a lot every single day with the team. Guess, guess what? I mean, that's how it's supposed to be. There, there, there is supposed to be somebody just forgot to upload the file. Uh, there is supposed to be somebody just uh, you know, uh, forgot to add an attachment uh, on something very important. So th there is a lot of mess up going on every single day. The product Accountability, manager, productivity, QA, you're right. Yeah. And the founder, you do not want to be doing that. Exactly. And, and to be honest with you, there are a lot of work which you just, how do I say this? How, it, how do I say this? I'm trying to put my thoughts together. It's, it's not that hard. The task is, itself is not that hard, but it, it gives you way too much pressure in your brain, if I had to put it that way. Like, for example, QA. You have to open every single thing and see if there's any mistake. The moment you see a mistake, you might be thinking, oh my God, I can't believe it's so simple. How could you make this mistake? So a project manager will save you a lot of headaches like that. Like, you don't have to worry about those things, those, those things that are very easy, but still gives you a lot of headache. I have seen it over and over again, like even with myself, I love problems, but they need to be really hard. If I find like really simple problems, then I'm thinking, why? Why would somebody do it? But when somebody comes to me with a big problem, I get excited, Jamie. I get really excited. I want to find out more about it. I want to solve it. I, 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 I'm trying to understand, okay, how else can you do it? How else can you do it? I'm trying to motivate the team as well. But that, that's, that's one of the main reasons I would, I would personally say to have a project manager, 
will save you a lot of headache. I'm telling you, we'll save you a lot of headache. Well, I, know I'll make this a, I was going to say, yeah. I'll make this a real use case. So yesterday, um, I on my mobile phone, I get updated whenever any podcast that I listen to gets updated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the podcast for th- that we're listening to right now, um, I, I happened to notice there was an update. And I mm-hmm. went in and it was, I don't know, episode 10 as an example. And I thought to right. myself, I looked at the description. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember recording that like two months <laughs> ago. What, what's going on? <laughs> so I started to go down a rabbit hole as the founder. If you, like it's a it's a form of adult ADHD. I uh, and there's a great I'm about to have an ADHD moment here in the sense that <laughs> there's a great episode of a TV show from North America from about 10 15 years ago called Malcolm in the Middle. Okay. And Malcolm's dad tries to start the car or open the garage door or something start the car and it's not working properly. And on his journey to go from fixing the garage door or starting the car. He goes on an entire episode series of fixing a light bulb for this. Oh, then the Uh vacuum didn't turn on. And then the the dishwasher. And he's like doing the dishes and his wife is like, what's going on? And he's like, I'm trying to fix the car. Right. So so the reason I'm telling this story, I almost forgot where I was on this, but the reason I'm telling this story is I was about to go down a rabbit hole. Of and analyzing the episodes that were on our podcast versus the episodes that are in Riverside. We use Riverside to record this. That are in Riverside's queue of already recorded episodes. And I realized, oh my God, I'm about to do what I'm trying to teach others not to do. (laughs) So I ping the marketing team. Marketing team, can you do an assessment for me? Where are we in episodes that are live on Apple and Spotify, as an example, versus what we've already recorded? And they've helped, you know, kind of cull my expectations. Hey, Jamie, we record these in advance because you you might not be able to record one week. And we started on this podcast journey a lot earlier than we were able to get onto Apple. So there is a cue. There's like a method to the madness. We'll double check and see if we actually forgot an episode, but otherwise like this is a process. Yeah. That's the project management, the reason for the project manager, because I could have wasted an hour of my day. Otherwise (laughs) I could have invented something new for debt leverage at the same time. That's a, that's a really good example. And this is why you hired the project manager. There are a lot of things that project manager will take care of without you knowing that is his job. That is why we call him or her the project manager. So yeah, I think I, I would say it's definitely worth it if you have more than three or four, five members. More than five, you absolutely should have a project manager. More than three, I really think still you can definitely consider uh, having a project manager. Alongside the project manager there, there, manager, there is one more position that I want to talk about. Again, that's one of those positions that people usually miss out on. I have done this mistake in the past as well. It's called QA, quality assurance. A lot of us think, oh, QA is definitely for the software people. No, it's not. If you are in content marketing, if you are in producing a lot of content, publishing a lot of content, guess what? If we make a mistake, the public will judge us. 
And now think about you having a lot of followers or maybe not having a lot of followers, but at the same time, the followers who are with you, maybe they engage with you all the time. Now, if we keep posting wrong copy or you know uh, uh, different kind of posts that we are not supposed to post, that's going to hamper your brand. So that's another position that I would highly recommend of you, you, know, you should think about when you are thinking of producing a lot of content or whenever you are in any kind of business of publishing. Uh, that's when a QA can save you a lot of money, a lot of headache, and uh, a, a lot of hassle. So that's another position that you can definitely think about. What, what do you think, Jamie? No, I, I agree. I mean, I even some of my, my content heroes, so fellow founders who have successful businesses, I've noticed spelling mistakes, not just in the copy of their social mm -hmm. posts, but inside the video okay. of not the given speech to text that comes with you know youtube or what have you yeah yeah but their own videographers placed right. on the screen so it um it's helped me with my own expectations because hey i get we've had spelling mistakes or we've had Same, right errors. we make, we make mistakes i realized oh this guy is 10x where i want to be where i am today <laughs> and where i want to be and they're still making mistakes still yeah. yeah. Thanks, Jamie. I think we covered something uh, really important where some, you know the founders might just miss out on this. So think about hiring a project manager if you want to make a big team, or think about hiring a quality assurance person when you really want to make sure everything that you produce in terms of content or everything else, you hire a quality assurance manager. Thank you so much for uh, Jamie for this episode. I really think this will help a lot of people. Until next time, see you on the next episode.